Yo, 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 fam, what's good? It's your boy, Mike, host of Bro What The Fuck Podcast. Shortly, we're going to start season two, but I just wanted to let y'all know, man, after 15 months off these mics, we are back, better than ever, and better prepared to bring you the most fire content we can. We've got new guests this season, and we're taking our stuff live on video. So sit back and relax. We're here to stay. I want y'all to enjoy the episode, man. Give us feedback and stick with us. And everybody that has been rocking with us from the start, man, don't call it a motherfucking comeback because we always here. We live, bro. Well, uh, season two, you're looking at a man who forgot the intro to his own podcast, so <laughs> this is season two, coming at you live and direct. I'm your co-host, Hawk, man. Your boy, Mike, is back in the building, too, baby. Let's get it. Yes, sir, we are. Let's get it. So what's been up, man? Killer Mike, it's been 15 months, man. It's been 15 months since we did anything well no we attempted a podcast episode but we fucked that yeah, up yeah we did bad. bad like we talked about things that shouldn't have been said at the time i did i definitely did uh but we here now <laughs> <laughs> hey so what's been up man so one of the things that uh well actually a lot of things been going on last 15 months Myself, yourself, and the world. Let's start off with you, man. What's been up with you the last 15 months? 15 months, bro. I mean, Junior's turning two next week. So <laughs> 15 months. I mean, that's, you know, most of his life already, man. It's crazy. 15 <laughs> months. It I is. Mean, I was working a decent job, lost a job because the interest rates, was unemployed for six months, started my own business doing the resumes, bro. That kind of took off for me. Shout yeah, out yeah, to you do. shout out to me on that breakthrough consultant. Check me out, man. I do resumes, man. I do cover letters. I do social media management, all that stuff, man. So yeah. So that's kind of where that took me. You know, I needed some income. The unemployment wasn't paying all that good, yeah. man. You know, um, so that helped out. Yeah. Um, it took off big time for you, actually. You're underselling that. You you really yeah. did your thing with that, man, and the website you built. Yeah, no, it was dope, bro. <laughs> like it was it was hella dope. But uh, you know, at the same time, like, you know, <clears throat> I lost a lot of money at the same time too with that that other job, you know, that it, it was crazy. So yeah. Um, you know, we here now. Um, I moved. I bought a new house. Uh, so still in the Columbia area. Yeah, and you then, lost it soon after you got the job. Yeah, I, I bought right, the, house. the house. I bought the house. Two weeks later, it was like, yo, um, I need you to ship me back your computer. You gone. I was like, the fuck? What do you mean, man? Yo, like, it's that's not crazy. Christmas what was yet, that? Man. That, that, that shit was wild. They told you to what enter a meeting early. You kind of knew. I mean, I was <laughs> I was supposed to be in a meeting with my manager, and then 
like I hopped in and it was my manager and his manager and he was like yeah I just regret to inform you man like we gotta let you go today I was like damn on a on a fucking Wednesday bro like it's I just I, I told that dude I was just I told that dude I was buying a house too man and then they asked me but you know shout out to my team at Freedom Mortgage because um if Bill's watching right now because my old boss is a good friend of mine um shout mm-hmm. out to him man he he I had a great team there it just you know the economy was tanking um interest rates were going cahoots and then boom it was like cut 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 and then I struggled with unemployment for six months you know I, I did application yeah. after application after application interviews I mean you knew my struggle man I was dude it, went it was through a it ton was, of interviews with Blue Cross I did and I finally landed a you know landed a gig there so yeah know, it is what it is so a big gig too but um start calling you money Mike <laughs> but yeah man everything's good man the kids the you know the kids are are growing hella annoying mm-hmm. um wifey's good uh pops is good like the business is steady um yeah college football is right around the season right around the corner yes um, yes sir my friends are healthy <clears throat> you know so we here now man i, I kind of want to get this podcast i want to get season two like like i want to get it off the rip bro like i want a special guest I want to have the good people on here, man. The people we've been meaning to get on here. Like, it's it's just time. Man. So we, we got some good guests lined up, too. I'm ready to get uh, Savelle on here, man. Especially oh, yeah, man. Football fans. Most definitely. Got a plenty of Carolina fans who want that one. I ain't going to flex too much. Well, but yeah, man. you know, what's been good with you, though? A lot, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Life. <laughs> First and foremost, how about them fucking dogs? All right. Hey. Let's get that out there. Listen, Long time coming with that. National champs. Know. I ain't mad, bro. Like, hey. Undisputed champs. Like, listen, top five defense ever. College top football five defense history. ever. Facts. The Patriot Mama. Arguably the greatest outside of UK's, man. Um, yeah, went through, uh, you know, you go through growing pains. Parenthood's been interesting for me, you know, and, uh, went through a little bit, you know, a little, little time away, you know, my daughter gets older and the separation is there. So you go through that and, uh, learning how to deal with time away from it and learning how to deal with the, the questions and the, the thing, the situations that arise once conversations start happening. So it's been it's, I've learned some skills, man. Patience is definitely one of them. So the last 15 months, my patience has grown largely. Yeah. And uh yeah. What's the number what what's the number one lesson you've learned in the past since we did the last podcast episode, man? Because I mean we the the last mm. podcast episode we did was on long distance fatherhood, bro. Like which yeah, yeah. which was our most successful show by far, man. Like it it had major hits. Absolutely. Most I the biggest lesson, and it's one that my mom preached to me since you know I was a kid. And I didn't really take full 
I didn't, I didn't really have the opportunity to really fully appreciate it, but this too shall pass. It's probably going to be the biggest lesson I've taken. Um, understanding that good, bad, or indifferent things are going to happen. And it's another spoke on the wheel. And your reaction to what's going on is going to make the entire situation. And once I learned that, you know, I, matter of fact, I talked to a therapist about that. Had to. Going yeah. through the things I was going through. And, and how uh, was that, that experience? Because that, that was your first time uh, doing that, wasn't it? Ugly. You know, I, I grew up around a therapist my whole life, but he was a shitbag. He was trash. So I went through a lot of mental warfare with him. So, I mean, I, so for the longest, I had the, uh, a big apprehension on therapy, you know, because my stepdad was a garbage human being, man. We'll get to that in another episode. But uh, to have that, I, it took a while and I finally got there. And you talk about looking in the mirror <laughs> and feeling some shit. That's how it's supposed to <laughs> you, be. You, you really want to know? Yeah, hey, that, that's that'll really tell you where you at in life. That's the and, and 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 your in your uh, adulthood, whether it's man, woman, whatever you identify with, is you're gonna find out about yourself because you have a face shit. One of the things I learned that's helped me kind of curb a lot of my reaction is was two things that the therapist told me. One of them was counting the amount of times that I get upset at shit. Little, medium, big, whatever. I realized, damn, my job was stressed. Because, <laughs> bro, having to write down how many times I was getting pissed, I was like, damn, do I have an ankle problem? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's some real shit. Like, maybe I, I do. And uh, then you realize the way you react to situations changes everything, good or bad. And I, that was a tough lesson. We learned dealing with, you know, her mama. You know, we just two, we, two we, people, we, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're gonna keep that on the low level. So yeah, we were that that's gonna, couple, you know, couple episodes from now. We'll 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 dedicate an episode to uh to that yeah. situation. Yeah, we Need will. I mean, at least at least she, half did, of she did her thing on. Yeah. Now we're gonna do a full one. Since she dedicated a full one, I'm gonna do the same. Yeah. But anyways, I've learned through that uh that it's gonna happen regardless. And you just gotta accept that shit. And because there's life around you that has to get done, bills got to get paid, responsibilities got to get taken care of, handle it how I handle it and how it comes. And, you know, um, other than that, still the job, shit fucking sucks, <laughs> stressful. I got two people's workload eight hours a day, five days a week. You know, you, so you get tired of doing all that. I'm not yeah. getting paid enough for that. I mean, you could but, be in my, uh, I mean, you could be in my shoes, though. You know, I could have, like, I could have, so I didn't, I didn't, I ain't gonna lie, I contemplate selling dope, I said, fuck this job, about to get out here and make that mess, listen, shave my head and shit, listen, hey, listen, be, you be six, hey man, I, hey, shout out to Pops, man, shout out to the fam, shout out to the, the, the squad, the, the inner circle, bro, for holding me tight, making sure I was good, man, mm -hmm. um, especially my household, man, like, we did the thing, um, but yeah, it was tough. I mean, it, it it can be tough. So you know, be thankful that you know that that bullshit ass job, you know, right. is, is is stuck with you, man. You you weren't part of that downfall whenever the economy was turning, because that's huge. Yeah, I got fortunate for that. So I, I I try not to complain outside of myself too much. Yeah, give yourself that. Absolutely. Other than that, though, we good, man. Ready for football season. Ready to repeat, baby. You know what I'm saying? I'm just waiting. 
Kirby yeah. started something. Woke the beast up. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get some more furniture in this in this office right now, man. So that when you come over for the games and shit, we can actually chill up here in the in the in the, in the cave. Cause I've been like really attached to this. I've been really attached to this computer chair and I kind of forgot to like get a futon or something in here, bro. <laughs> yes. so a futon and a mini fridge. We um, can bro, get hey, all a mini liquor. fridge is coming, bro. It is coming. I promise you. It's gonna be right, it's gonna be right over there. Right there, so mm. you get some, yeah, man. Some, some black lights in there. Oh, we, hey, man, it's good. Hey, man, listen, I got a few weeks. Let let, let me get busy in here. So, anyways, so we about to uh, we about to bring Victor on, right? We got some guests that's about to pop up, man. Yeah, we're man, we got some we got some special guests in here, man. Um, the two guests that I got hopping on this podcast, man, have been part of that inner circle. Um, since I crossed Sigma in mm-hmm. 09, um, I met them between Facebook and Twitter, you know, over a decade ago, man, we've been tight. There's a there's a tight group of us, man, of four of us from all over the country. Uh, Vic currently lives in Atlanta. Um, he's originally from Chi-Town. And, you know, Vic is I mean, uh, Tuck has been all over the place because of the military, man, but he's actually mm-hmm. in Augusta now. <laughs> oh, okay. Out of all places, he ended up in Augusta. Him and his wife just ate at Prime Steakhouse in Aiken the other night, bro. It freaked me out because I was like, bro, what are the chances of a long distant friend of mine over a decade actually living? Bro, like he's right next to you, bro. That's you know, crazy. so it is crazy. I'm excited to bring them on. Um, let me see if they're ready, and mm-hmm. let's get you want, the fellas. Do, do you want to go ahead and give an idea of what we're gonna be? What you go ahead, bro. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Just go to kind of give you a recap. So yeah, I, I did this live. Um, I did this live like a month back, and it was uh, about the guy who taught. I can't remember the Catholic school. They're they were in Georgia. Uh, it's like St. Thomas. I think. But anyways, he uh it was during Black History Month too, the craziest shit. Like he was interjecting culture into his teachings and teaching this. He had a he had a uh it was a STEM program, something like that set up where he taught people, you know, cultural background, you know, his people, his students, taught them about, you know, black inventors, the people who really created everything that we use today. And they didn't like the fact that he was doing that. They, they felt like, yo, we gave you Black History Month. You know, you had your, your, your certain leaders that you focused on. You're doing too much. In, in a nutshell, that's what they said. You're doing too much. And they fired him for it. Uh, said that he was basically too Black. So, but I'm going to let him go more in depth yep. on that yep. story. Yeah, man, it's an interesting story. It caught, uh, I wouldn't say national. I don't think it caught national attention, but it caught definitely regional attention. Um, mm-hmm. It was all over the news in Atlanta. Um, I know the Blue and White family carried it on. I carried it on. You carried it on. You you did a an entire segment on your Facebook page about it. Um, so let's get the boys on here, man. Let me text them. Make sure they're ready. Okay. And let's get them in here. Now I will say this. These boys, they wild, man. 
That's all right. Ooh, my hair. You see I, that? You see how, how listen, I put my shirt Yeah, on? I don't know how the next 45 minutes of this podcast is going to go. Okay. Ooh, normally, I normally I don't do lives. I was telling Hawk this earlier. I don't get on live, bro, because I got an unset, I got just an uncensored mouth, bro. Like, and I got a lot of people on here, just like you do. So, you know, we're gonna give it a stab though. Bring the poison. Hey. We're going to do the best we can. Go up with them. Listen. Football season around the corner, I'm trying to tell you, bro. <laughs> Listen. Hey, Tuck is in the waiting room, bro. Tuck's in the waiting room? Yeah. yeah we're Tuck going is in the bro. waiting room, bro. Let's get Tuck up in here. What it do, bro? What it do? Oh, there we go. Okay. what's up man what it do bro i'm trying to wait on vic to join man hey yes, tuck this, have this to bear is with me man tuck this is this is hawk hawk this is tuck what's up bro hey man nice to meet you bro y'all y'all live yeah, in the same city bro oh you just got done suplexing the shit out of somebody i guess listen man i got i got very large <laughs> one-year-old twins man oh so, no Yes, same thing I say every day. Oh Lord, yeah, um, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. you in Augusta though, man? Yeah, North Augusta. So I'm like, I'm like okay. right there on the bridge. Okay, yeah, I have to, I have to drive there because uh, I work in Graniteville. I work out there at Rolls Royce. Um, oh, okay. So I literally, yeah, I literally drive out there every well, Monday to Thursday. Um, what you do out there? It's pretty. Um, I'm, I'm actually on a line. Um, um working with uh military military engines so i got some government contract work uh building uh government diesel engines for the israeli military so nice oh, little okay. gig man yeah, um i kind of said i wanted to get my i'm getting my foot in the door man because i'm trying to i'm finishing up grad school um but i got mechanical background i don't know um you know, you go to school, man. I'm like, I'm too smart to be like turning wrenches and shit. I'm good That's at good. it, but trying to, yeah. man. Once I found out these twins, man, you got to chase them dollars, man. Yeah, you oh. do. Yeah, turn, but hey, Augusta, turning, Augusta is nice, man. Turning them wrenches might have that money in the future, though, bro. Man, listen, listen, listen. I'm trying. I'm trying to go project manager, man. Oh, you can. Get That's there. that's more money. You can get there, man. So, um, man, they had that. Yeah, that like, Oh, go ahead, bro. Yeah. No, go ahead. No, I'm saying they had the uh I started certification for project management on when we yeah. did the Google thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, once I finish, once I finish my um, I'll be done with this with this grad school program in January. But I said right before I finish, I want to get a couple of certifications as well, man. I'm trying to like get as close as I can to six figures, man. Man, uh, shout out to you, bro. Hey. Gonna eat me out of a home. Shout out to you and wifey, bro. Y'all, y'all, y'all taking over IG, bro. Listen, man, she and she, she she in grad school too, man. So yeah, I don't I don't know how she do it, man. I don't she, I don't know how she do it at all. How she liking how she liking Augusta, man? Uh, I mean, so it so she um she's a military brat, and her dad was in the military, so she stayed in she was in Georgia. I can't remember what um which Air Force base is like right outside of uh I think right outside of Atlanta. I think, but anywho, she so this this kind of feels like home, man. Like it's uh, 
six hours from my people in Mississippi, and then six hours from her folks uh, right outside of Orlando. So um, coming from Hawaii, like this is this is perfect. Like, yeah, far 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 enough, far away enough to where like we could drop the kids off or go if there's an emergency, but but uh, not close enough for people to just pop up unexpectedly. So yeah, well yeah, man, it's, it's pretty cool. You always got me. You got you got Hawking. You got Hawking Augusta. If you ever if you ever run into a bind, and then you got me in Columbia. Or need a lifting partner, bro. Hey, listen. You can ask. You can ask Hawk. If I need to be in Augusta in an hour and fifteen minutes, I'm in Augusta in an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> well, man, we, we um we um so uh Maya's at the point where she kind of got she had a crossroads to where she kind of got to decide if she's gonna uh, stay in or get out. Um. But we said like this is this was one of the places to where we felt like if she got out of the military, we wouldn't mind actually living here. Um, oh, really? Just because of the, like the mark, like it's affordable, especially like in comparison to Hawaii. And then before Hawaii, we were like basically in D.C. Um, so we, I mean, we don't know, man. We'll see. Um, but y'all been, yeah, like, y'all been in, in some a, pricey places though, man. But she she's in a good position because she's um. So she's Intel, so she works for like FBI and stuff. And like that job outside of the military is like six figures easily, like 140. Um, but she's also trying to um trying to pursue a ma- well, she'll be done with her masters in March of next year. So we'll see, man. Just trying to trying to make sure that we're not getting pigeonholed into into one spot to where we got options to actually choose from. So we'll see. We'll see what, what happens, man, in the next couple of months. So, right there, but we, man, we adjust, man. Like, bro, when I tell you, like, um, going back to work, like, I like Rolls Royce, like, it's a nice company. Um, but remember, like, I didn't work for like the last two years since like yeah. the beginning of the pandemic because, because my got pregnant and then we couldn't find childcare. And uh, like, now I get up every morning at like right before four o'clock, have to do cardio in the garage because I turned my garage into a gym drive to work, be at work from six to four thirty, pick up my twins, go to the gym, come home, get them ready for bed and and then do school work. And before I know it, it's like, damn, it's yeah. fucking eight thirty. It's bedtime. Yeah. yeah. Like and that's that's the routine, man. It's like the shit gets draining, but like I, I have to keep reminding myself like the bigger picture. Like yeah. And yeah. sustain with this shit for like another six months just until I'm done with school. And then, you know, I feel like the the floodgates are gonna open, and I'll have like a, mm-hmm. a lot more choices. So, but we'll see, man. It's been it's been an adjustment though, man. Like sending my kids to childcare, and it's like I think like because we've been in a pandemic for so long, like people like kind of removed it from their mind. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, like now we got COVID and we got fucking monkeypox and shit out here, like <laughs> monkeypox and like and water and shit. <laughs> Listen, man. Like when I when I took my kids to fucking childcare because they had never been in daycare. Like I was freaking out. And I was like, damn. Like, are these folks gonna like feed my kids right? Like, are they gonna treat them right? And all this, like, all of this other shit. Um, we was like worried about like separation anxiety for them, but like that shit hit me super hard. I was like, the, the fuck am I supposed to do? Like, my life has literally like revolved around my kids. Um, yeah. but it's been an adjustment, man. Um, it, it works out. So just makes you appreciate like the makes it like me and me and the wife, like when we went out to uh to the steakhouse last yeah. weekend. I told you like, that, that shit was, was hell, like hey, I, I told you this shit was hell you know, expensive. <laughs> so check this out, right? 
So, you know, I'm like, oh shit, like we had to fucking call in reservations. This shit's fancy. <laughs> so I put on a fucking suit, man. You saw the pictures, the wife looking yeah. good. We get in there. Motherfucker got it on shorts. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So like <laughs> I was like, but like during the day, Saturday, during the day, she was like, So what you gonna wear? And I was like, a suit. She's like, You ain't gonna be hot? And I was being an asshole. I was like, maybe I'll just wear some fucking jogging pants and a t-shirt. And then I get <laughs> yeah. it, and I'm like, I get there, I'm like, damn, I really could have wore a fucking jogging, some jogging pants and a t-shirt, man. Listen, so. man, you went aching, bro. Like, what's crazy, I was telling, I was telling Hot earlier before we brought you on, it's, it's crazy, mm-hmm. it's crazy how life is, man. Like, I've known you forever, man. It's like, you're here now. <laughs> yeah, man, small, small world, right? Small like, world. You ended up, yeah. Man, you ended up at Fort Gordon where my mom was, you know, once, you know, a doctor at, at the hospital out there, man, and where I was born and all that stuff, man. It's just life comes, you know, full circle sometimes, man. It's kind of crazy. It, so man, it's a it's a small world and and not to mention like Vic literally being like two hours away. And I was well, shit, like, man. Like, I mean, I lived I lived in Atlanta. I never saw fucking Vic. So Vic Vic man. Vic be talking all that shit, but he won't be coming Speaking out the way either. the devil. Well, I, he gonna. I told him, man, like it's 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 harder for me to travel with my kids. Like my kids are still at that age where like they hate being fucking restrained. I was like, bring your ass up to, to Augusta. Like we got an extra bedroom. I'll take care of you here. But like, especially like this weekend, like uh, Mai's flying out of town because it's like her ten year anniversary of Zeta. So they're going to Phoenix. So I'm gonna be here with the kids. Like she's leaving Wednesday morning. And I was like, fuck. I mean, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday. Hey, them, hey, them, days, them days with no kids is nice, man. Man, Shit. bro, the last, so I don't work on Fridays. The last two Fridays, though, like, I thought that I was going to, like, oh, I'm going to fucking chill. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to go to the gym. I'll get my kids a little later. Absolutely not. First Friday, <laughs> fucking daycare was closed. Last Friday, I get home at, like, 2.30 Thursday evening. Soon as I sit on the couch, fucking daycare calls. He's like, Khalil has a fever. You have to come pick him up. He can't come back till Monday. Mm-hmm. I was like, son of a bitch. So this <laughs> Friday, I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed, man. This Friday, like, I'm going to drop them the fuckers off and drop my oldest off at school. And, like, I'm actually going to be able to chill. So we'll see. We'll see. Hey, I, I, got, I, got, I got Vic in the waiting room, man. I'm about to bring the boy on. Nice. All right. All right. I got to go to the wife, man. I'll be right back, man. All right, man. All right, man. Well, you can't make jokes like that. I'm on Facebook Live with the chill. What kind of jokes? What you talking about? Step up, kid. <laughs> yeah, I start saying on Call of Duty. Victor, what up, man? What hey, up, y'all? bro? What's, What's good? What's going on, man? Nothing much. So I'm gonna throw some shade. You know, this is the first time I've I've known Michael since 2009. This is the first time we've had an in-person conversation. Oh, Jay. he's there. Jay. Yeah. Hey, he came it, up with the bomb. I can't, I can't, I, you see, I, I'm with all the smoke. I, Michael, tell you, I'm, I'm that Sigma. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, no. Hey, listen, I, I, I warned the entire audience. I said, as soon as I bring this motherfucker on, it's fine. Cause we, that's why when my, when my nephew had you pulling that goddamn wagon, you see what I said. Listen, I was pulling hey. him in the wagon because I yeah, wanted that's to. A, okay. That's a big motherfucker. That, that, that kid. My nephew, it's, oh, I've known Michael since 2009. So my nephew is all of the, I feel like it's all, it's like God, you know, that karma. I'm fine with it. 
Yes. Have <laughs> that, pull that motherfucking wagon to China if you need to. Hey. And Listen, text man. Uncle Vince if you say something. Listen, my hey, pops won't even keep him yet, man. He won't even keep him overnight yet. He's so he's so rough with him, man. That was he's not playing with you. Nope. The oh, yo, oh, Junior, Junior, rough with your dad, bro. He, he rough with everybody, bro. Hell yeah, Junior's rough with that. Junior, he ain't playing with nobody. He ain't playing with nobody. Hey, man, let me let me get him for a night, man. Man, listen, he gonna, <laughs> hey, he, hey, he gonna ruin your night, bro. Promise you. Listen, I will, I will be power bombing him and choke slamming him to the bed. Listen, nothing, nothing, here, nothing gets kids together like Uncle Tom. I told my, I said, you know, I cut. She's like, well, you know, he's sensitive. I said, here's my thing. When he comes with his uncle, it ain't no question. I said, all, mm-hmm. all these parent-teacher conferences. I said, all that will stop today. <laughs> I say, but once Uncle Victor shows up, it's it's we're not we're not doing questions. Nope. Mm-mm. It's a so, man to man time. Um, let let me let me let me do a roundtable real quick, man. As I said before, we got the two brothers in here, man. My my two brothers in here. Um, I've known Vic and Tuck for the latter of a decade. Even I mean, was thirteen? It's going on fifteen, oh, 15 years 15, now. Like fifteen, real yeah. You guys, you guys, um, you guys have seen me grow. I've seen you guys grow. I've seen Vic get old as shit, but still looking good. Uh, we're not, okay. we're not. <laughs> still yeah. looking good, yeah. though. You know what I'm saying? So, you see um, you saw that, right? <laughs> so yeah. So what's crazy is that like the three individuals that are next to me in the Zoom right here, man. I can text anytime about anything and they always going to be there it's been like that for quite some time and so i'm honored to have my two brothers on here and then chris i always have you on here bro so i don't have to do you an intro but my three brothers on here man and I, i i wanted to bring vic on here specifically to tell us what's been going on with you man tell us a little bit about your story what's been going on lately we did a little bit of an intro based on you know, what's happened at the last school and all that, man. But I want you to talk your talk on our platform, man. That way, you know, you can have this audience as well to to shout out loud what happened, man, which yeah. I think you deservingly, you know, I think you deserve mm-hmm. that. So I appreciate you. So, I mean, so, you know, I mean, the thing of it is, you know, I, I and I, I definitely want to frame it with the, um, I think, you know, just in naming the fact that, it was one of those kind of lessons where you have to kind of, you know, go back and look at yourself and say, okay, Victor, was this really the, you know, the best fit for you, you know, in the beginning, you know, were some of those red flags there? Absolutely. But, um, you know, so just to kind of give a brief over, overview, um, you know, went in, I um, was teaching in a private school, Catholic school here in Decatur, Georgia. And, um, you know, first time, interestingly enough, and I definitely want to name that, turned down the contract because, a lot of the, you know, buzzwords and, you know, we're working for equity and it's like, eh, okay, I've heard yeah. this before. You know, a lot of these schools <laughs> that, you know, talk this talk. Um, so I turned it down the first time, you know, got a call back and was like, hey, you know, if this, we're still really, really interested. You know, we want to make sure that we, you know, are aware of the facts. I mean, again, covered all the bases, which to me was part of the, you know, in retrospect was one of the most problematic things because, this could have been a, been a clean break. 
you know, hey, Coach Hicks, you know, you, you're a little blacker than we thought you were, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, so, you know, when do you process? Um, and honestly, I think, like I said, when I looked through the, you know, kind of looking at it in retrospect, we did an art night and, you know, my, for lack of better words, you know, my, my black baby showed out, you know, we built a model HBCU, we had a Minecraft tour, we had a, you know, video game based on historically black colleges, we had a website and that troubled some people, you know, as long as I was, you know, operating with these babies at a deficit, you know, these kids couldn't do and they they didn't come from this type of home and Coach Hicks had to, you know, feed them and clothe them. Well, no, that that wasn't the population I was dealing with, you know, and so mm-hmm. I said, okay, and again, that was very much my high school experience, you know, being one of 10 black kids in a class, you know, in a, in a private school that had all of the supports, but I needed a black teacher to pour into me specifically. So, you know, I came into this, this job, this past job, you know, as all of this, you know, being the teacher that I needed me to be. And I would almost argue to say I had more of a perspective for that because that was my experience. You know, I, I had a mom who valued education, who paid, you know, was willing to pay for private schools to, you know, do the things that she thought they were supposed to do. But you know, you, you, you really can't, unfortunately, compete, out-compete a racist system, you know, and once they realize that, you know, you're, you're, you're a little too, you're a little too cultural, you know, for what we were, we're talking about, and like I said, it was, you know, again, it was all love until I think, you know, the right parent that, you know, um, donated the right amount of money, had a complaint, you know, and was ready to, you know, well, oh, I can't, you know, and my, you know, my, my white child wasn't, I mean, and again, and the, the ironic part was they were absolutely invited because we had several, you know, white children who participated just because it was the cool thing to do. You know, here was the teacher who was mm-hmm. finally naming this for us, you know, taking the opportunity to care about my friends. So, you know, even, the, even if this is not my history or my culture, you know, I want to be a part of this because there's somebody who's finally saying, Hey, let's let let's talk about something else. Let's 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 focus on something different. So, but unfortunately, you know, folks gonna do what they gonna do. And I told I I had I I cited that man. They told you that in the separation notes that you were basically doing. You were you were being too black. I was too black. black Yeah, but but but, but, yeah. But I mean, my thing was like I said when I turned the contract down the first time. That was my conversation. You know, like. Hey, I think I'm I might be a little too much. Like I'm finna it, I'm about to have Angela Davis in this Catholic school. And, and, if I had, you know, and I told you, I, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I'm sure enough, you know, a cup of Hennessy. And so, that, but you know what? Wrong. But it is weird, right? Because so, you know, Vic, I followed I followed everything when everything was going on as well. And it it aligns and the timing is like so crazy. Like when you look at like the US as a whole and like them removing like critical race theory. And I'm like, this this isn't just black history. Like it's literally a part of US history. Like it's, it's not like Angela Davis wasn't an American. Like these are literally like integral parts. And I mean, you look at, whether you look at like critical race theory or you even like more so in Florida and in and, and Southern states where like they don't want you teaching about gays and all these other things. And I'm like, these are people that really exist. And by mm-hmm. teaching our children about these things, like it, it grooms them and it teaches them to be accepting of, of people that are outside of like the parameters of what they're used to. That's why like 
my eight year old son, like um, when we were in Hawaii one day, he just randomly was like, hey, dad, I want to paint my nails. Mm-hmm. And like just thinking about because I think all of us are big. You're a little bit older than us, but we all grew up in like in that age where it's like, um, you know, as a young man, like nothing, nothing you know, consider feminine, you're not going to be able to do. Right. But like, I, I know you're like, right. No, and, and, and multiply that, you're right, because I'm older, but, you know, that was even more an effect. Mm-hmm. You know, and, years and we try to, we do, you know, even, and it's crazy, like, you know, when I talk to my, I talk to my mom about things like this, like we do what people would call like gentle parenting. Like we don't whoop our kids at all. Like to me, I, I'm 230 pounds. My, my oldest is maybe 60 pounds. So like, that's weird. And I think about like how I grew up, like I'm a, I'm a PK. My dad's a, mm. a pastor. Um, and I never respected him. I feared him. Like right. I acted right yeah. because I was like, shit, if I don't, I'm gonna get the shit beat out of me. Yeah. Uh, but with my kid, like, you know, we give him punishments when he does things that are wrong, but we also allow him to tell us how he feels. Like if he, if we Thank tell him you. to do something, he yeah. doesn't understand. That's he's real. like, why? And I'm like, you know, I'll, I have to, I have to condition myself to not tell him because I said so, because like when he's an adult, I don't want him doing things just because somebody told somebody him to do it. I want him Pray to have, it. have a voice. Amen. Yep. And, and you know, like real, those, things, those things are important, man. Um, and people overlook it. Um, and it took me a while. Like I used to like be really, really upset with my parents because of how they raised me. And then I had to think like I had a long, I didn't talk to my mom for like three years. Like at one point she thought I was still living in Louisiana and I had moved to DC, moved to Hawaii, gotten married. She didn't know. Okay. She didn't so even know I was married. Disclaimer, you have moved. Okay, so I, I don't know where you are. Cause you know, you, you <laughs> be in Hawaii and then China and then Alaska. <laughs> but, me, um, you have these kids all, I'm like, my nephew's in, in China, I think. Listen, they're gonna be cultured, man. But I, but I had to realize, I had to realize and it took me like, getting into like my mid thirties to realize that like two things can be true. Like I can be upset with my mom for like the parenting that she didn't give me, but I can also accept that, Hey, she only did what she knew. She knew best. And it comes with, and, and, yeah. and she accepted it and, and everything like since then, like that's like my best friend. Um, but you know, it's like literally changing the narrative, but like Vic, when I, when I saw like on the news and everything, like what had happened with you, I was like, this isn't surprising. Like mm-hmm. it's a little shocking it's because it's happening to somebody that I know. Right. But yeah. it, I mean, yeah. it, it, it goes right along with everything that, you know, whether we talk about like the, the last five years with like Orlando Castillo, George Floyd, all of these, like you almost become numb to things like, like what's happening you do. Um, yeah. to where you like, you almost mm-hmm. like, I don't have the energy to even be upset anymore because it's like, this is right on yeah. schedule to happen, you know? That's well, what a lot of people that, still. But I think that was one of the biggest things. Like, I think for me in, in processing, and everybody's like, you know, why didn't you go? You know, you should have went to a lawyer. And but my thing was like, I'm a big person on as a cancer. Um, I'm a big person on energy, you know. And I thought about, you know, all of the trauma that the situation caused because th- anything that separates me from my kids is problematic because I'm despite the situation, if I'm working with young people there's always going to be a connection to them. So anything that that violates that, you know, basic understanding is foreign to me, you know, mm-hmm. but I think um, because of that, you know, it just, it, it really spoke to 
the sense of purpose, you know, and I think, you know, looking at, because I'm, I'm also very, I'm loyal to my kids to a fault. So if I, you know, right now, if I went to teach in a, in a school in the consulate of China, those are going to be my kids. So, you know, they're going to be coaching. We're going to have a Chinese step team. We're going to have a whole, you know, all that, because that's fundamental to who I am as an educator. You know, my thing was, I was with my educators that understood that, you know, those are your kids. So mm-hmm. you got to stand on your head for 20 minutes to get them like, those are your babies. And that's, that's what you do, you know? So I think for me, you know, I, it was hard because I, when you do all those things and when somebody does something that's so foreign to that, you know, or does something that is um, totally just, I mean, for lack of a better word, ignorant to, you know, the purpose of it. So, I mean, whether you're black, white or indifferent, if there's a teacher that's pouring into any group of kids, you know, if you're, if you're mm-hmm. the if you're the chess coach and you found a way to reach out to those chess kids and those chess kids are like, hey, Coach Hicks is the, you know, Maharishi guru of, <laughs> you know, then, you know, how can you not appreciate that? And I think the thing that is just, I, you know, in, in my 21 years of education that I've remained um, naive to is that it's very hard for me to understand people who operate opposite of what's good for kids because my babies are my babies like you all know I mean I, I've never met your kids in person I've never met my kids I would if you all call me tomorrow and said Victor we have a question about their parent-teacher conference Coach X is coming because it's kids you understand what I'm saying so I don't mm-hmm. get people who don't get that to that point you know yeah. so having to answer those questions from those my middle school kids who have Instagram that was like you're not here no more, Coach Hicks? Like, what does that look like? I mean, and so, I think that's probably why I end up with so many kids on my email, social media. They're like, I'm going on prom, Coach Hicks. Can you come see me? Right. <laughs> come see me. Yeah. But you know what? I, would, I wouldn't have it any other way. And that's why I said, I mean, I, just, I look at the situation as God said that wasn't for you. Let me get you out of there before you, you know, you get too involved and they, you know, are able to fuck you up on a level because they, they wrong and they go, they going to mess you up if they can. Ooh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And let, let me get you out of there because you're not going to do it. You're, you're never going to leave some kids that are in need. If, unless I bump, literally push your, out this position, you're going to keep fighting the fight. And this right now, this is not your ministry. Yeah, so it. you did what you were supposed to do was the lasting impression as a teacher. So yes. that's you, you, your duty, your will is done there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and you know what? Yeah. As long as that happens, as long as I got that, I'm you know what, as hard as it is, I mean, I've I have cried very real tears because I, I hate being separated from my children when it's not time because it's it hurts. It does. I I saying goodbye to children is one of the hardest things mm-hmm. in 21 years of teaching that I've never learned how to do. So when somebody trifles with that and makes me have that separation, you know, but there's Instagram and my baby, my, my big kids, they do, they hit me up. They coach Hicks. I, I got a girlfriend. I said, what, who are you paying bills? You paying George Power? I said, who, who, what you doing? Well, coach Hicks, no, no, I, I need you to respect this as an adult relationship. So I want to meet you for lunch. I said, okay, well, yeah, as long as you're paying. So... <laughs> So <clears throat> let me interject here, man. 20 plus years of education. We ain't talking about no rookie. 
No, we're talking about somebody that is well seasoned in education, somebody that's well proven as well, too, in two different cities. And I Um, love it. I love it. Yeah. uh, Two different big cities, you know, big metropolitan areas. Do you. How do you get over that going forward, though? How do you get over that fear? Has that fear always been there? Have you experienced something like this in the past that has gone that far? Because the thing of it is, realistically, unfortunately, in education, when you're that teacher that rides for the kids, you're a target. Because mm-hmm. you don't subscribe to the bullshit. You don't, you're not, when people talk, you, you're, the, you're the teacher that calls out the message, the meetings about testing that don't make sense. You're the teacher that, you know, is in those meetings saying, uh-uh, we're not suspending him. He comes, let him come sit in my room for 10 days. Facts. You understand what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so because... So I think when people are that different to, and it's, it's crazy because you would think that would be the norm in education, right? Let's, let's do things that are good for kids. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's accept these practices. But you have a lot of people that are very into that not me version of education, you know? And it's, it sounds cliche, but, you know, even with the pandemic, it was like, it sucks, but my kids are here. So I'm gonna get on the Zoom. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't, but we're gonna be on Zoom together. We're going we gonna, to, I cooked lasagna with my kids. We did computer science. We talked about H. That's how Code of the Culture came yeah. about. Yeah. How long, how long, how long, you been, how, how long have you been doing the coding, the coding with culture part, Vic? Tell us a little bit about, about. I'm actually, so I'm a dance educator by background. Right. Totally opposite of coding, right? So six years ago, I, I was doing a choreography gig for Jack and Jill here in Atlanta, and I met a principal who was a mom, and she said, hey, you're dynamic, my son loves you, what would it do to, to get you to move here? And she said, I said, well, give me a contract. And she said, well, let's, you know, pinky swear on this, if I get you a contract, no matter what, you're coming. And she said, I have a K-5 computer science um, thing, it's new in the district, we're not doing this, I mean, thank God for that principal who was for, I mean, there was no curriculum. She said, I'm gonna donate this salary towards you, you know full-time, let's build this program in elementary computer science. So that was August 3rd, 2015, August 4th, 2015. I I packed my car, (laughs) probably unsafely, and I moved to Atlanta. Drove down to GA. Listen, to close that (laughs) digital divide, you know, I I did some research. I saw that, you know, 2% of, um, or black girls only make up 2% of engineers. 6% 6% of computer scientists. And I said, all right, bro, you talked all this good shit. What we doing? Let's go. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I borrowed some money, filled up the tank, got some uh, some chicken from Chicago, some pizza, you know, packed my Beyonce. Well, the Harold's chicken. Yeah, he was and Harold's chicken. Yeah. No, Harold's yeah. wasn't in Atlanta yet. Harold's wasn't in Atlanta yet. And drove down to, you know, and and did it. And I, I don't regret it. And I think every time I've operated outside of being committed to doing what's, what's best for that population of children, that's when I bumped my head. That's why I say, I, that's why I don't feel sorry about that situation because <laughs> it sucked. But number one, it raised parents' awareness. So they're going to be answering, they're going to be asking some questions about their kids and their well being more so than they did. Mm-hmm. But two, you know, it was like, Victor, no. You went to this school, you thought it was cute. That's not your mission. Stay focused. Yeah, yeah. well, um, 
we're proud of you for what you've done over the the course of you know the time that we've known yeah. you, especially me and Tup, man. We're hella proud of you, man. Just watching you with the kids over the time um has been amazing. Just just their reception to you, man. You're like a parental figure to them. You're just not a teacher. I, so gonna... I need all of my nieces and nephews enrolled. Let's yeah. do, let's work on it. <laughs> yeah, all of them. Okay. I got a class for everybody. What we need. <laughs> Listen. Um I'm down with whatever, man. I trust you. Um, I, I know I know the kids trust you. I, I just I, I just hate the situation happened like that, man, that they brought you on board. They gave you time, space, and opportunity to show who you were. They observed that. And then they waited until it was the, I don't know, their best the opportunity. To, no, you're yeah. right. You're right. No, school was done. When I, when it, the thing... But, you know, I mean, and I think, like I said, Mike, the only way to even make peace with that is that looking at it in the, you know, I think the totality of the situation, you know, so if they hadn't done that, so if I had come on for another year, you know, if they were willing to do that level of foolishness, what would this year have looked like? And it took my mom, mm-hmm. who was the, you know, 32 year vet of education. She said, well, you know, I hate it for you. She said, you know, my, and so to provide some reference, my younger cousins went to the school, you know, and were denied, you know, National Honor Society because they were too, you know, they were disrespectful. Or So I think I would be remiss to not admit the fact that I kind of understood the nature of the beast. Yeah. But the problem with that for educators was it sucked so many other places. So anything that seemed like a reprieve, mm-hmm we signed up for it, you know, but it's just unfortunate that those same folks decided to take advantage of the situation, you know, but like I said, you know, we live and we learn. I think that could be a uh, lesson. That could be a lesson across many industries, man. Mm -hmm. Definitely. That's that's one thing I've always said about this country, man, the white people, they like you when you're black and you, you know, you you follow along with their views and beliefs, but, you know, God forbid you get your own foot and your own thoughts and, Yep. You're you're just, you know, you are who they look at others as, you know, right. and unjustly immediately too. Like, you yep. know, and to get people to care is is exhausting because people are just exhausted just from going through it. You know, so try to get people involved in things when they're already tired. You know, yeah. And you know, I think the, the frustration too. And as 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 a black man, like what's the like? I appreciate what you just said. What's what's even more exhausting is like having to explain that to people because, mm-hmm. like, Thank to you. me, I, it's listen, like it's like it's as clear as day to see it. It's it's exhaust, and and I've had these conversations with with people, um, with like white people that I work with in in the past and stuff. Um, so backstory, um, I told you guys when I first came on, like I work at Rolls Royce, and this is like my first job since the beginning of the pandemic. So when I was in Hawaii, I was a, I was a social worker. I was working with adults with severe mental illnesses in the pandemic. And a lot of my, I had 32 clients. Um, some of them I would have to see two times a week, some once, so on and so forth. And some of them were homeless, some of them were displaced, some of them were in like mental health facilities, whatever, super stressful job. Like anybody that knows social work knows that like, it's a high turnover rate. So um, the, the pandemic kicked off and um, like I'm already stressed because because my son is high risk. He has asthma and I'm like, fuck, like some of my clients are in like halfway houses or group 
postpones. I'm like, what if I get sick and bring it back to them? So I'm stressed. I like ended up developing like IBS. Like I couldn't keep anything down. I dropped like 15 pounds in like 10 days. And then George Floyd happened. So George Floyd happened and I worked for the state, a nonprofit profit organization and um, had a white boss. He was from former, he was like an army ranger, former army ranger, but really good dude. So like a week goes by and like, I think we had like three black employees. Everybody else was um, either Hawaiian or Caucasian. So I'm like waiting a couple of days go by. Um, we have like a protest, peaceful protest for one for Breonna Taylor, one for George Floyd. And I finally like reached out to my boss and I'm like, hey, um, I think you should address this, you know, at least to the company, because like you have people who like are literally already stressed now at an even higher level. So he's like, yeah, it's on my agenda. I'll move it up, which immediately stood out to me because I was like, what do you mean move it up? Like this shit should be at the top right. of your agenda. <laughs> yeah. So he sends out this email. And in the first sentence of the email, it says, the police have a job to protect us from our violent selves. And I was like, wow. like, it, that's literally like your opening statement for like a black man on video with a knee in his neck for like nine minutes. And at that point, like I knew I was leaving the company. Um, yeah. And when I told them that I was leaving, they were like, oh, why? Because I had just gotten like employee of the month, all this other shit. And they was like, is there anything we could do? I was like, sometimes like, sometimes life really like just it shows you everything that you need to know yes. and i was like mm -hmm. and it was a couple of things like this job had a super low ceiling like there wasn't really any room for upward mobility but again like with social work like that's that's one of those jobs like teaching like you're not in it for the money you in it because you have like this passion to help people and it was rewarding mm -hmm. like getting a client who literally was like homeless no id getting him like housing getting him connected to, you know, psych facilities and a psychiatrist and psych meds and government benefits. Like you literally get to like, see them go from like one extreme to the other mm -hmm. to being stable and everything. And it was like, yeah, this shit is rewarding, mm -hmm. but it's draining as well. Like, and then to have to put on a face, like I literally just watched a black man, like get killed. Mm -hmm. And I remember, so when the protests happened, we were like downtown, uh, Hana Waikiki, and my, my son at the time, Tristan was, he was seven. I think he was six or seven, but anywho, he didn't know what was going on. Of course, COVID mm -hmm. happened, everybody has on masks. And he's like, dad, why are we here? And I was like, fuck, like, this is the moment that I didn't want to have, like, but as a black yeah. man, like, I remember like boohooing, cause I was like, damn, like, I don't get the, like, as a black man, I don't get the luxury of letting my child stay innocent because his mm -hmm. innocence and oblivious can literally end up in him uh, dying. Yeah. So, I, so I had yep. to tell him, I was like, I was like, uh, we're here because a black man was killed by the cops. And he was like, I thought the cops were supposed to protect us. And I was mm -hmm. like, fuck. And literally, mm -hmm. like, I had to sit him down and explain this shit to him. And I'm like, fuck, like, when do we get a break? And of course, right. um, as Mike and Vic know, like, I got twins. Like, when I found out that it was two boys, I, like, happy but like literally like super stressed that's like right. like it's two more boys and of course like the way that I I raised, those two i think we have nothing to worry about those gonna be two we're gonna, go, gonna be going to get from the police like dad 
But it is it's crazy because fought- like the way that the way that we raise our kids, we raise right. them to ask questions. And I just yes, like I'm from Mississippi, like so racism was like it was second nature, like to the point where like I almost like until I left Mississippi, I didn't really like grasp how bad it was because it was all I grew up around. But like I teach my kids to ask questions, like, you know, hey, if you get pulled over by the police, if you know you didn't do anything wrong. It should be okay to ask them why, but at the same time, I literally have to tell my kids like, "Hey, being right isn't as important as you getting home alive." Mm-hmm. Like, and that's a that's literally a scary thought to have. That's right? a hard that's a hard concept to teach kids. So, please, yep, yep. yeah, so, it it's a, it's a world we live in, man. So it's a messed up world, man. That's, yeah, my daughter's mm-hmm. going through stuff without her school. Young age. That's why when COVID happened, when COVID happened and like my son was restricted to doing online school, I was like, I can get used I, to this shit. Used to it, I'm telling you. But you knew it was yep. going to turn around and they were going to have to go back and then it was going to be a longer process to get them right back into the fucked up shit. Because even during COVID period, there was still crazy fucked up shit happening that was just developing for them. You know, yeah, it just, yep. it just yeah. expanded even more, especially during the Trump era, man. You know, not to get political, but it, it was just yeah. during that era, man, it was just so publicized, man. Like it was going on when we were growing up. Yeah. It's always been going on. Yeah. But now, yeah. like, the I kids think we were oblivious media, to it, man. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, think we, 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 like we, we got a black president in the process, right? So, you know, America yeah. is all about the formative things. So, yeah. you know, Thanks. even with, like I said right now with Kamala, it's like, okay, this was somebody that was elected into a position that we know by definition has no power. So although it is great for all of the histor- historical, mm-hmm. by definition, she cannot do anything. Yeah. Yep. No, she honestly can't. Joe kicked the well, bucket. I tell you, yeah. I mean, mm. she, she, she is like the. I don't know. She's probably like the latest, or I don't know, man. She's vice president to like one of the latest presidents that is just on the line of <laughs> falling Poor over. And just something happening over, man. Well, you so, know, AKAs are are known for you know not. I'm I'm sorry, I'm not gonna say that out loud. I'm sorry. But, you know, it's, it's weird, right? Like, we look at the last, you know... Was That's just, that three-day uh, vice presidency. Kind of, yeah. kind of caveating off of, off of uh, <laughs> you know, politics. I always find it weird, like, the last two elections in, in particular, like, out of everybody that could literally have been president, like, how do we end up with, like, these two... I'll say these three fucking choices, because you look at Hillary, then you look at Biden, and you look at Trump, and I'm like, is this really the best that we fucking got the offer? No, they should have put Bernie in, man. They should have put Bernie in, man. All Elizabeth has Warren. To do, Elizabeth bro. Warren. I mean, all I somebody like has to do is convince The Rock to run, bro. If The Rock runs, he's doing eight years, bro. It's over with. At this but point, you know, he's going to get unanimous votes. I mean, but you know, you you have a you have a system in place where it's like, I'm I'm actually glad we got in we we pivoted into politics because um. You know, talking about like uh, what like abortion bans and stuff. Like it's just to me, it's always been weird. Like a bunch of old white men making decisions about things that literally don't affect them. But at the same time, when you look at like the history of where power rests in this country, is you it's been old white men, and yeah. you know that 
it's just kind of what it is, man. Yeah. Like I don't, I personally don't see it changing. I don't think we'll see another president of color in our lifetime. Um, that's just, you know, that's just my opinion, but I don't know, I, man. I, like I, I beg to differ just based on the way the population is growing. I mean, I understand where you're coming yeah, from, yeah. but man, there's, 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 the there's, there's white, the white people, white people are just, and you know, ethnic people yeah. are just growing, growing, growing. But you know, with them you know, banning abortions, the white population is going to go back up because facts. they were, so yeah. I think white people used abortions more than any other demographic, if I, mm-hmm. if I remember right. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's weird, man, because like, like being, I mean, former military, but like, having gone to like like different countries outside of the u.s and like working with like their government of course like military in particular but like seeing how other things are ran like yeah i don't like if i had my choice like i would fucking move out of this country and take my family with me in a heartbeat heartbeat. that's just it like with my uncle so my uncle my uncle's in um he's in in the uk he's a contractor and he used to travel around a lot. And I remember um, he was in Canada and he had to go to the hospital for something. And um, when he got finished, he's like, oh, what's my bill? And he's like, what? Like, it was foreign language to them. Like, did he literally, did he was asking for like, how much do I have to pay? Cause they have free healthcare. Um, but here, like, of course, like that's the, that's the cash cow. Like that's the, that's one of the cons of being in like a capitalistic society. It's like mm-hmm. every, literally everything is, it's money driven. I don't know how much you guys follow like um follow like Congress and stuff, but they just had like a couple of uh votes on like lowering healthcare and like lowering the yeah. cost of like EpiPens and all. And they voted against and, like, it, right? They shut that shit down. Mm. There was one woman. Republicans have shut down everything. Yeah, she was a type one diabetic, and she was talking about the um the test strips. She was like, uh, she has to use eight a day, and they're a dollar each. And she was like, you do the math. Like it just fucking adds up literally just to check like your glucose. So Vic passed out, man. <laughs> I was that. trying to I'm I'm listening to you because what you're saying is facts, so then I'm watching him and he's gone. Hey, I, hey I'm, that's that old age, man. That's a midlife midlife crisis coming in, man. He kicked I'm off dying. his slippers and lay back. <laughs> He's probably watching Matlock over there. <laughs> in the heat of the night and shit. <laughs> Vic watching Andy Griffin and fucking Matlock. The fucking murder she wrote. What the fuck? Hey. You watching the old gonna... Lifetime movies? Hey, we gonna tell him. Yeah, you know, but you're, you're, you're right. I mean, they the thing that what 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 should have grabbed, what should have fucked people up, and it hasn't unless you know people really don't give a shit about anything, is when they voted against that health bill again. again <laughs> Against uh, did he fake sleep and close himself out? Yeah, no, I took him off, bro. I ain't gonna have that man sleeping on live, bro. Hey, Mike, when they voted against that, yeah, that let me know right there they were fucked up. Yeah, it's crazy, man, because I was watching this. Um, (laughs) I can't watch it all at once, but there's this documentary on Hulu called uh, it's called The First Wave, and it's basically talking about like uh, the pandemic. In New York, because that was like the epicenter where it first kicked off, and like it was showing like you know people that were dying and all this other shit, and like people that were on ventilators for two weeks. And I'm thinking like, luckily for me, like I got military insurance. I'm like, shit, if I wasn't if I wasn't like attached to my wife being military, like 
you've been in the hospital for two weeks, you coming out with at least like a 50 grand like bill. At least. And at like least. I would probably I'd be like, shit, just fucking kill me. Like that's fast. Just let me die. Like that's but it, it's just it's just crazy. Like people literally like can't can't afford to fucking live. And it's like, but damn, like I can't fucking afford to die either. Like so you you literally just just stuck in limbo, man. So it's mm-hmm. it's sad, man. Like I don't I don't see um I don't see the country getting any better, man. And it it sucks. Like like I said, like then I'll be thirty six this year, and it's like looking back at like I remember with the protest um a couple of years ago, there was this um another documentary on on Hulu. It was called. I think it was called like burn motherfucker burn and it oh, basically talked about like that yeah it talked about the la riots and everything and like it went back to like the 60s and shit and like if you look at some of the signs and shit they were holding and then you look at some of the signs that people were holding that like the george floyd protest it's like yeah. like you literally can't tell like hey that this shit is like 50 years apart and that's that's, that's literally the sad part man so it's, it's, it's scary man like it's scary for our kids it's scary for like I I I'm fearful for like the future of my kids, man. Mm. Man, listen, my daughter went through. Uh, I know we're about to end the show. Give you a little something. I, my baby, you know, we're against celebrating Thanksgiving, you know, and things like that. She is, and I, and I don't really care for it either because I know the real truth about Thanksgiving. So it's just another day to eat me. And yeah. um, they live in Texas, and her mama told. Uh, the teachers, you know, I want my daughter to participate in Thanksgiving parade, you know, the play or whatever. I told her multiple times, they end up having her in there and they cast her at the Indian because she was the only mixed girl in the class that was that was dark. <clears throat> so they had her play the sole Indian. And when, you know, her, you know, her mama butt wild now. There's one thing I'll say, you know, she got a mouth, she went up there, she said the first thing they did was play, you know how they do crocodile tears, start crying and shit. And you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that bull, that bull job. That's it's never genuine. But yeah, see, that that's that's hard to bring your kids in. But that's the world we live in. It's, it's crazy, right? Like you said, Thanksgiving. Like to think about, like you know, we were all painted like this picture of like Thanksgiving. Oh, the fucking pilgrims came over and they like kumbaya with the fucking Indians. They taught them niggas how to like make corn and all this other shit. And it's like, but then when you become an adult, like of course, that's- like and you start doing like your own research, you like. No, them fucking pilgrims like brought disease and shit over here, and like yes. they're fucking raping. Like it's just it's fucking crazy, man. Like it's enough to it's literally enough to like drive a person fucking crazy. Like I I had to like step away from that shit because I would be like zoning out and be like I would see like my neighbors like man, I I want a motherfucker to say something to me like just give me a reason. But it but like those are the things that like that's what I hate about like them taking out like critical race theory because it's like yo like of course like america is like the land of fucking golden opportunities and all these other things like i've been to like like when i was i was in africa i was in uganda for six months right and like some of the shit that you see on television the fucking feed the children fucking little kid when the fly just comes and lands on his fucking head and shit like i was there and i saw some of the shit and it's like it made me appreciate like America a lot more, but at the same time, like it's like America has a lot of good things about it. I will admit that, but mm-hmm. like it's like it's just like like with life in general, like in marriage, whatever. Like yeah, like my fucking marriage is beautiful, but like I can't ignore like when that we have issues and stuff. Like 
you accept it all. Like you can't like pick and choose like what parts of of America. Well, I guess you can since they like banning this shit or whatever. But it's like, <laughs> yo, like a, a fucking kids deserve to know like the the whole truth. And it's like, yeah. you know, you can't you can't change like you can't change the trajectory of like where this country is headed unless you like just have an honest discussion with like things that have happened, like good, bad, and ugly. But that's like. And having those conversations with like some of my white friends, more like older, like older white people that I work with, like mm-hmm. they feel like in addressing that, like you're like attaching some guilt to them. And it's like, no, man, yeah. I just need you to understand it. Like, just like that, like why black people are like uneducated when it comes to like finances and things like just like there's generational wealth there's a trickle effect to like generational poverty like yeah no that's fair. but you know th- those are those are like harsh truths or whatever and it's like but then you have a system that's like put in place that wants to keep like the pecking order keep yeah. the, like the poverty class and all these down here and like the working Definitely. class and just keep the elite where the elite is so kind of sucks man but you know what what can you do except try to like teach your kids and like kind of prepare them to to hand hand this world over to them and hopefully they they kind of take the baton and move it a little step further yeah man well Um, i've been watching you man you know for years man and um you know we 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 uh a big part of our podcast is us being dads um we did an episode uh, our last episode of season one was being long distance, you know, fathers or whatnot, which well, that was one of our most popular episodes, man, that we had. And, um, you know, I take notice to fathers all the time uh, that are doing the right thing, man. So shout out to you, bro, for uh, mm-hmm. teaching them the way that you want to teach them, not conforming to how society wants you to teach them. Shout out to you for teaming up with your wife after everything that you've been through, Tuck. Um, oh, yeah. Everything that we've been through. <laughs> you know, it's it was almost uh, like a, we had a partnership for a long time through some of those trials and tribulations. We learned a lot of lessons together, man. And I'm gonna tell you, uh, through your mental health, I found a lot of answers with some of the posts that you had when I was dealing with my mental health issues within the past six months to 18 months, man. Um, continue that road, man, of sharing your knowledge and your 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 experiences with people the way that you're doing, whether your platform is big, whether it's small, man, um, and continue just loving your children the way that you're doing, bro. It's a beautiful thing to watch you and your wife, man. Every time you post something, I, I share it with my wife. I I, I I let you know, I let you know that I'm seeing it too, man. I'm proud of you, bro. Yeah, man, it, it's it's crazy, right? Um, so just a backstory. So like, and Mike, you know about this. Like 2016, like I was I was previously married, and me and my ex wife are like good friends to this day. But like, husband and wife, like we were like we should we were married for five years. We should have been divorced after like six months, if I'm being honest. Like that's just. <laughs> That's just right. what it is. But like in like the way that I grew up, like I like I grew up with that, hey, you stick it out and all these other things. But when I 2016, like I got out of the Air Force, I went through a divorce and I was unstable as far as work. And I'm like, yo, like everything that I worked for, like my marriage, like I'm big on like financial stability because I grew up poor. 
and um and I wanted kids and like literally all of this shit is like ripped away from me so I like like first I had a Britney Spears moment I turned 30 and I was like fucking just took a fucking some clippers to the head like and after I did it I was like the fuck all right fuck it go ahead shade the rest off and then like I literally tried to like commit suicide like twice the, the last time I was literally in the hospital like I had to get my stomach pumped and I hit rock bottom man I was like yo like it's weird because like I, I was from like a from an outside view, like my friends and like my former like coworkers and my fellow former troops and everybody knew me as like I'm Tuck. I'm this person that's on this pedestal. Like I'm the person that makes people laugh. I'm the person that they can motivate people and has it all together. And like I'm I'm literally like wishing that I wasn't here. And I remember um I remember like I finally accepted that my ex wife wanted a divorce and I was like, yo, like, all right, like this is my karma. Cause I was a I was a fuck boy. Like just, just being, yeah, we being all, with we all were. Like, you know, we, I was, I was hey, hey man, I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what, man. Um, those were some scary times for you. Yeah, yeah, like, and you, and it was like, yo, like, I don't know what the fuck is like. I literally have no control over any aspect of my life, and I remember mm-hmm. like being in a hotel and having like a fucking severe panic attack. Like, I couldn't fucking breathe. I was like blacking out and shit. And I finally hit rock bottom and my best friend, um, we've been, me and her been friends for like almost 20 years at this point. She called me and she's like, Tuck, you got to fucking let this shit go. She's like, you deserve more. You don't, you shouldn't want to be with anybody. You shouldn't have to like campaign or like, like give a sales pitch on why somebody should want to be with you. So I was like, all right, Mm -hmm. I mean, let me, let me remember who the fuck I am. Started going to therapy and all this other shit. Like, I got diagnosed with severe anxiety, um, severe depression, um, ADHD, and I think that was it. But like I'm on I'm on these meds and like for a while it's like, damn, like can it, can everybody see this this disability that I have? Like kind of feel like, all right, like people are judging you. But like I started getting better and everything, started feeling like myself. I was single, so I started chasing bitches again, which is my whatever. Um and it's crazy because I remember like when I had that panic attack, like I was in this hotel room by myself and I was like, God, if you like bring me through this, like I'm gonna get my shit together. And of course, like I did. And just so happened, like that's when I met my wife and she was like on, on a similar path. Like she had came out of an abusive relationship, had a son out of it. Um, and like, we literally like clicked like that. And I was like, damn, like, okay. Like, some of the things that I want, like everything's starting to fall into place. I found a job. Um, I met her, like she had a son who literally like needed a father figure. So like, it was like a perfect fit. And then of course, like she ended up, I mean, we ended up like having twins and I was like, yo, like, it's crazy how like in life, like you hold on to things out of, I don't, I mean, for whatever reason, whether it's because you're accustomed to it, or whether it just be like the fear of the unknown if you let it go. Um, but then when you do, like a lot of times, I'll say nine times out of 10, like it's usually something better in store for you. And you look back and you're like, yo, like the fuck was I doing? Like yeah. when I look back on my last marriage, like my ex-wife is like one of my biggest supporters. When I told her that my wife was pregnant, she's like, yo, congratulations and all this shit. But like, it's like when I look back on it, I'm like, yo, why the fuck did I stay in this toxic? toxic situation for so long uh, and you can't answer it but like that that's the part where it's like 
trying to use logic with like with love is like they don't go hand in hand like you can't explain like mm -hmm. why you why you either put up with some of the dumb shit that you put up with or why you just or why you did some of the fuck shit you did like there's no explanation to it but when you look back on it you like all right i really fucking learned something from this so that's why i'm like so at like i'm very very transparent with like my struggles and like mental health like even to this day like i have my days where i'm like today was a fucking horrible day uh, like i got up I, I felt good and shit i was driving to fucking graniteville and i just like started like spacing out i was like yo what the fuck like what if i'm not good enough like why the fuck do i feel like you know so on and so forth and then i realized like that's fucking life like i don't think that that's like a depression thing that's not an anxiety thing that's just like it's just a human nature thing to out to like kind of have those moments where mm -hmm. you like question yourself and doubt yourself so i like had to give mm -hmm. myself grace and i'm like all right like you know today wasn't necessarily the best day but like shit there's always tomorrow so yeah i have to you have to make a yeah. conscious effort man to like all right like yeah today is today is today like let me literally not let me not ignore whatever feelings i'm feeling let me like kind of like try to dissect it try to understand like is there a trigger that made me feel this way and then i'm like try to try to find some positive bounce back so like today was shitty work went <laughs> fine but like as bad as today was, like I got to pick my kids up from daycare. Yeah, like the fuckers like yep. came running. And I was yeah, like, sorry, right, like yeah. like life ain't that bad, especially when I look back at like 2016. Like I'm fucking doing real good. So, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I went I, you know, I went I went through some through some, you know, mental health issues, man, the last you know, it it I, I think it spanned longer than my unemployment stint of six months, man. But I, I was not very forthcoming on social media of it or anything like that. But I made a post the other day on Facebook that had something to do with it, man. You know, a lot of people were commenting on it. I just didn't want that unnecessary attention at the time when I was dealing with those suicidal thoughts, man. I was thinking of, of ending it, man. It was the first time I had ever experienced something like that, man. So I shared it with pops. I shared it with, you know, my family. I shared it with, uh, you know, a few friends, but I think I mentioned something to you guys, you know, I've been struggling or whatnot, mm -hmm. but yo, you got to find a way to latch on to what is worthy in life, man. And, and, and continue on, bro. And I'm glad that yeah. I'm glad to see you doing well. Tuck, for real, man. I'm glad you were able to join us tonight, bro, for this conversation. It was supposed yeah, to man. be just about Vic, but then his bitch ass went to sleep. <laughs> he Vic, Vic took his fucking Vic took his Metamucil and passed the fuck bro, out. Bro, man, I I, I had never <laughs> seen. I don't know if I ever seen somebody knock out that quick unless they were hit or they were on some fucking drugs, bro. <laughs> Them fucking them fucking stew prunes had some fucking melatonin in them. Uh, That's Chris, you got anything you want to add, bro? Before we uh sign off for the first episode, bro. No, yeah, man. Just to put an advertisement out there, man. We got our uh, back to school drive this weekend, man. I'm gonna give uh, people who watch, um, people who like to donate and stuff. So just kind of throw out there uh, for anybody. Who wants to come volunteer you can let me know uh inbox me i'll give you some other people to contact if you want to come out there it's going to be this saturday august 13th i want to say from uh four to four to five four to seven where's it at time i don't see the time on here but anyways if you want to donate uh our cash app 
is uh, give back to Black NA. And okay. uh, that two is a two and not spelled out too. But I'll put that on my, my page, man. We got that coming up. Other than that, pretty much it. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to do for episode two. We ain't, we ain't got that far yet. No, nah, we ain't got that far yet. And that's okay. That's okay. So, one day at a time, man. One day at a fucking time. That's, hey, you right, bro. Hey, um, Tuck, appreciate you. We're going to have you back on the season, bro. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely. Love you. Love you to death, man. I'm glad you close to me now. Next time I'm in Augusta, I promise I'm going to stop by and we're going to get. Hey, man, we, we, got, we got we got time, man. 